Welcome back to Opa Podcast episode 58. Today we have our second to last episode for the regular season of 2022. Uh, today we will be recapping uh, the Iowa game, previewing the Axe game versus Wisconsin, and then any other topics we may uh, feel free to chime in and add. Um, it's just three of us today. Uh, we have Soup. Say hi, Soup. Hello. We got Wyatt. Say hi, Wyatt. Howdy. And it's me, Jason. Uh, Griffin is out tonight. He has work with the Timberwolves. And uh, we talked about this on the group chat. It might have been best for him to stay out of this episode because like, he had a lot to say. This is a foreshadow there. but he's... Also, between me and him, it might be a three-hour episode. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, and he's been so he'll be there. He's out tonight, but we'll have some notes from him. Um, and of course, uh, Laurent's still out uh, through his first year at law school. Um, but other than that, let's get on to the episode, gentlemen. So, um, to start off, the Gophers lost the uh, lost again to Iowa. We don't have Florida Rose yet. We lost the bronze pig, the bacon, uh, thirteen to ten. That thing's the heavy, Iowa by the Hawkeys. way. It is. It's it's a heavy trophy. I remember it's like holding 95 it. Ninety-five pounds. I remember holding it the year that uh, the year um that State Fair when Jerry Kill after the, the year he won it and it was on display at the State Fair. I was like, that's heavy. Like compared yeah, to they, other trophies. They had it at Kaufman for like a day after they won it. Uh, I was think it was my sophomore year, and I think it's probably that same year. That's because that is the last time, yep. sadly. Um. And I got to hold it for a little bit, and it was like I had to like I like tried to pick it up, and then I was like, oh okay, let me widen my base a little bit, bend my knees a little bit. <laughs> I had to pop it up. It was it was rough. So yeah, but uh, let's get started into um, let's honestly, I feel like we could rant about this entire game. Like there's a lot of things that um, just so you guys were aware, I was helping my girlfriend with her family photos. Like they were taking um with like holiday photos and like their traditional Hmong outfits plus like cool you know, modern american outfits like you know maroon gray black colors your uh, sweaters your hats your burberry looking scarves your basic materials yep, yes literally and so i'm watching the game because essentially it's their photos i'm not involved so i'm just being an assistant to keep an eye on their stuff because we are in a public space we're in union depot and saint paul Oh, cool. And I was just watching on my phone and the the look of anger and frustration during the first half for me, my girl was like, Are you good? Are you good? Because I was, I'll get started on my two cents here before I dive into Gris, but like, I was very frustrated pretty much for all the game. Like, maybe, like, I was, uh, like, you know, maybe that made the outlook change when like we are finally scoring getting in touchdowns right and getting field goals touchdown a touchdown singular but then everything just frustrated me like i don't know where to start like i'll say it frustrated me and now i'll segue into griffin's note because he put it in writing and i'll just go let it all out so i'll try my best to be griffin here so from griffin most well Minnesota had their chances but lost that game, and like we all predicted, it comes down to Iowa's defense making the timely play. Mohamed uh, Ibrahim has officially cemented himself as the best running back in the NCAA. It's a shame that we can't win more games, so he's at least in Heisman conversation. 
There is no way in God's green earth a running back should run for 263 yards against Iowa's defense and their team still loses. I believe I've seen the stats put him on top three, if not one and two in yards, yards per catch or yards per carry and touchdowns. Okay, yeah, Mo had a fumble, but can you expect anything less after feeding a guy 39 times plus all the other carries over his season? A reliable RB, but even the most reliable, it is bound to happen at some point. And then you commit 20 run plays in a row. Yeah, they're going to exactly expect the pass and boom, game over. Can you please draw a few more pass plays and run them with some consistency? As I mentioned last week, this is not a game Ethan can go raw in pass game because bad things will happen. I simply cannot give a pass to Trickett on this game. I know this game would come down to crucial points and you can't even make a chip shot 34 yard field goal. I know he missed two kicks all year, but these have to be automatic. No excuses. Big difference in this game. Uh, defensively, D-line uh, did not attack as much as I hoped. Gave Petrus way too much time and we couldn't even cover their big one threat in Laporta that well. Enjoyed the penalty-free game, honestly, but as a biased fan, I would have liked to have some a couple go our way. Uh, that I thought might have been deserved. This was the year to do it. Uh, this one will sting for a while. All we can do now is move on at this point, and then uh, I'll leave his prediction later for Wisconsin, but that's his two cents on this. Um, and I'll move on to you guys. Uh, what do you guys have to say about what we saw on this game's performance? Well, um, I mean... Griffin does, you know, a really great job, I think, of kind of encapsulating what happened throughout the game. I mean, it's just, it was just like the, there's there's a lot of head scratchers that went on throughout this game, whether it was just like the game plan, timeouts usage in the first half, I'm sure we'll get to, and just, you know, once again, abandoning the passing game. I guess, you know, I, I think the the great point Griffin makes is that fumble by Mo Ibrahim at the, the end, you know, he, he just, I think it's like his fourth fumble in over 850 touches. Like that's wild. Four fumbles in over 850 touches. And he fumbles the ball on like his 14th consecutive carry on one drive. And they're having a lot of success just running the ball. Cause they were, you know, four or five yards a pop that drive, and they just kept doing it. But stuff like that's going to happen against good teams like Iowa. It felt like to me, after last game, we all said, like, what more do you need to see to not realize that this is not going to work against better teams? And I think this is hopefully what you needed to see to know that it's not going to work against better teams. Like, this is a prime example. You tell me at the beginning of this game that we're going to run for, you know, 260 yards or what plus or whatever, and have 399 total yards of offense, 35 minutes of possession time. I'm like, that's this isn't a bag. Like this is done. Like we blew, we had to have blown them out. Like there's no way we have 399 yards of offense against Iowa. We don't blow them out out of the water. You know what I mean? And the problem was, is you saw one team who was willing to be explosive or to try and be explosive, at least to put the ball out there to take risks. And then you saw another team who was so content with not beating themselves 
that when the pressure situations came down, you end up beating yourselves anyway. And it's just like, I just don't get it at this point. I don't get what, I'll let Wyatt go for a little bit because I could just sit here and keep going. But I just, for me, it was just like, what is, like, why, what, why are we doing this? Like, why are we just doing the same thing again? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll jump in here and give you some time to catch your breath real quick. Uh, first of all, props to Mo. I mean, even despite the fumble, like you you said something like four fumbles career. That does sound about right. I mean, you look at look at the NFL. Melvin Gordon just got released by the Broncos because he's got fumbling issues. You you can't get away with fumbling the football as a running back. And Mo is, you know, Mo's one of the best I've ever seen at keeping the ball in his hands. And when you put the ball in a guy's hands 40 times in a game, that's that's a lot to ask. And he he did he delivered with it. There's absolutely no reason that we should have that kind of performance from Mo and then lose the game. Like Soup said, if you're putting up 400 yards, there's maybe five, ten teams in the entire NCAA who you can put up 400 yards against and, you know, losing makes sense still. Um, and Iowa's not one of them. Iowa doesn't have that offensive spark except for, you know, apparently we can't cover Laporta at all. Um, but, yeah, the offense is stale and PJ's sort of playing not to lose, which is how you lose football games. And that's cliche, but that's what he's doing. He's he's trying. He's not putting the ball in the hands of any playmaker except for Mo. And Mo's great. Don't get me wrong. I love Mo to death. But you gotta have more than one guy that you're willing to put some trust in. And apparently, PJ doesn't feel like he has that. And yeah. it's it's extremely frustrating. Because. If you look at the moments of the game, like I get the wide receiving core and the tight end core uh, have been struggling, especially on the uh, pass catchers in general. Like uh, obviously in the last, say like after Michigan State, so pretty much the games between Purdue all the way to Iowa, we didn't have a reliable pass catcher because either they couldn't get separation, they're man to man, right? Like they're not. We we don't have someone like a crab at all yeah that can take the top off i get it but i hate when like i will also hate is like pj you and the staff keep praising the talent and the height and the athleticism of a brevin span forward and if you look at across the sideline of, of your opponent that we're playing who who loves to produce tight ends like they, they, I, I, I don't know who. Uh, some of you may disagree, but I think Iowa is tight end. You, like George Kittle, T.J. Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, maybe Noah, pretty good. Maybe Noah Fan. If fans I mean, Noah Fan's him. in the NFL. Yeah. He's in the NFL. He's yeah. an NFL player. He counts. Yeah. He's in the NFL, and he's in the NFL for. Yeah. It's because Iowa produces tight ends. Yeah, and they have amazing talent, and for the life of me, I'm a lie like. We didn't use Brevin at all this game. Like, maybe, like, and also, like, besides that, well, he should have had a touchdown. He should we'll have had a touchdown. But besides that, it was just I thought it was stale. Pay like the play calling was like 
uh, I, I have to give a quote to um, a Vikings podcast. His name is uh, Randy. Um, uh, he also does that for Score North. I forgot what his name was. I'm sorry, Randy. But when the Vikings were coached under Mike Zimmer, he had a jingle called Run, Run, Pass, Defense, Defense, Defense. And that's what I see in PJ's flex team right now. It's run the shit out of the ball. If it doesn't work, then you finally pass on third down. And, of course, you don't convert. Sometimes then, not even then. And then you have to punt the ball away and have your defense try to make try to make plays. But your defense can't do much if they can't even cover freaking Sam Laporta for a first half. And also, as they get more and more tired, that allows their running game to open up even more, too. Like, come on, guys. Um that was my that was my two takeaways. Like we have, while we do have Mo, who I love him to death, greatest running back in school history, maybe in the and like Griffin said in the country, you can't just leave him. Like it can't just be him taking on the mantle. Like if you want to help Ethan out, use Brevin in, in the slot, um, or a single single wide out. Go into the middle middle cushion yards like don't you don't need to go out for 10 yards go by the first down six and throw the pass there like he can be that check down um same thing with mo mo can also be on the check down but from what i see i i don't really trust his o-line i don't really trust these pass catchers i don't really trust the offensive staff right now and maybe uh the last couple years maybe we may have been too harsh on mike sanford jr right because we we did have him for two years but hang on let me finish I know. I may. You throw that bit around. That's not okay. <laughs> I know, but with even though we had Mike Sanford Jr. and we did the same exact shit, we're still doing the same exact shit with Kirk Shiraka. Yeah, Sanford's issues are much more scheme related than Shiraka's are. Like I, I think I, that, I get it. I get it. Yeah, it's it's hyperbole. I mean, look yeah. at look at what Mike Sanford is doing now. Nothing. Nothing. He's continuing to do the same things at a different school. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll, so I I agree with you. So I think I think the problem on offense is that it's all a problem. You know what I mean? Like there's the the balance is a big issue where the lack thereof is a big issue. Um, and I think kind of one thing that sticks with me throughout had stuck with me throughout this game is like Mo was open a lot as a checkdown. He was open a lot, and I will say we saw some warts. Uh, from Ethan, like as a freshman QB in his, you know, his first real starts here. I think this is the first game we really saw. Oh yeah, he's still figuring it out. He's still a young guy, you know, just getting his feet under him. Um, I think a perfect example is, you know, you've got that third and one play on uh the end of the second half, there's like 47 seconds left. You have no timeouts. It's third and one. Uh, you motion Brevin across the formation. You run a quick mesh point on a play-action pass. You got three unblocked defenders bearing down on eighth and almost immediately from the left side. He throws a ball off his back foot across his body to the receiver in the middle of the field who's got inside positioning. If it's a better throw, you know, it probably hits him in the chest. He falls on the one or he's in the end zone but he throws it behind him because of bad mechanics and hits an Iowa player in the chest. Luckily it's not picked off, but Brevin's 
wide open on the left side of the field off that motion. It was schemed up for him. That's a touchdown. That's a walk-in one for him. And the the problem was every pass in the passing game was a gotta-have-it, big play needed, obvious passing down, obvious passing situation where you have to produce. And that's just not something you can put on the quarterback right now. He's not, he can't do that for you yet. And you don't have the skill possession players to do that yet either. It's just their lack of balance is just killing them. It is really, I think just comes down to that because to your point, Jason, the one touchdown drive they do have, they have 61 yards passing on that drive. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they just go, let's never do that again. And it's like, why? You know what I mean? Like, your best drive of the game comes on a drive where you pass the ball more. And then you just don't do that the rest of the way. Like, I get you are having success in the run. But the whole problem with that is you're not being explosive. And in today's age of football, college, professional, any level, explosive plays win games. And Iowa had the explosive plays. They had the 58-yard tight end screen. They had the 33-yard throw down the field. We didn't even, like, attempt those, really. And it's, 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 like, and it's a philosophy question at that point of, like, the pass scheme is something that has been there. We've seen it work. It's the 2019 scheme. It's all there. When you watch it, it's, it's there. You have options where guys aren't getting separation breakdowns along pass protection quarterback going to the wrong area of the field in his eyes like there's just a lot going wrong with it right now and and that's kind of why I think it looks so bad but the same time you are so committed to the run where there's drives and there's moments where you have runs that go for two three yards and then you do it again And then you get that big one, right? Like everybody knows that's how run game works in football. You pound, you pound, you pound, you get a big one here, you get a big one here, you know, 10 here, 12 here, Mo, you know, 30 here, 40 here, right? Like he was busting off some big ones after, you know, running into a pile basically for, you know, some stretches of the game. And they're not afraid to get away from that. But when it comes to the passing game, any sign that it's not working, they completely abandon it. And I just don't think that that's feasible. You have to be committed to being a balanced football team these days. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, there's something about being predictable, and then there's, you know, what the Gophers are doing. Where it's just run the football, run the football, run the football. Second, First and second down are almost definite run plays. And then third down is, you know, third down's not even a necessarily a pass play. It's, you know, half the time we're going to hand the ball off even if we're in third and long. Because we just, for whatever reason, don't want to put the ball in Ethan's hands and give him, give, put some faith in the kid. Or put the ball in Tanner's hands when Tanner was the guy. Um, and who knows we'll, we'll start next or this coming week. But it's it's very frustrating to... Like, I know we have one of the best running backs in this entire country, but there's there's letting that back have his opportunity to shine 
and there's having a complete offense. And we, we've done one, and we haven't done the other one. You and know who would benefit a lot from a more balanced passing game? Quarterback. The quarterback and the running back would both Probably the running back benefit too. a lot from a more balanced passing game. Mo wouldn't have to run into eight-man boxes for an entire game and still go off. It's just... It's just ridiculous. Like, at what point, PJ, do you have to live your own mantra, right? Change your best. That's his thing or whatever, right? When is yep. he going to do that? When does that happen for him? Because I'm so sick of watching these timeouts in the first half just freaking fly off of the board for whatever freaking reason. I don't care. I don't care. Like, I just don't care why you're calling the timeouts in the first half. And he's, you know, oh, I'm going to call him for, you know, whatever reason I think in the first half. You guys know this. It's bad. It's stupid. Stop doing it. Stop it. Yeah. And I love the thought, like, if your diva's in the bad spot, they're in a bad spot. Let the talent make the play if, if you think it's so bad. Like, well, here's I, the problem. I, I, you I, cannot I, take a timeout yeah. fourth and inches in the first half and then punt. If yeah. you take a timeout, you have to go for it. You have yeah. you have expended a resource that you only get six of in the game to stop the clock when you want. If you do that on fourth and inches, you have to go for it. You cannot punt in that situation because what happens later is exactly what I was talking about earlier. It's third and one, and you put it on your quarterback to make a play with 47 seconds left. Guess what? If you have a timeout there on third and one, there is a 99.99 chance that ball just gets handed to Muhammad Ibrahim. Get a first down. We're in first and goal. Now we stop the clock. Let's figure out what we're doing for these next four plays. Yep. And you're in a much better spot. You're in a much more comfortable spot. But for whatever reason, you already burned those because of I don't know. I don't even I can't even begin to tell you why. One of them was you had ten guys on the field. That's another coaching issue, right? Like that's a different issue. But you it you keep putting yourself behind the eight ball almost intentionally when it comes to these game management decisions, and they always come back and bite you. They always. Nebraska, same thing we talked about. Should have lost that game for that timeout decision too. It's it's ridiculous at this point that his whole thing is, oh, you got to change your best. You got to get better every week. When he does the same freaking thing every single week, it's same, infuriating. Same shit, yeah. different day. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with Soup here. There were six timeouts called by the Gophers in that game, and I don't think there was a single good timeout call. I think maybe the la and, last one or two maybe, at the end of the game. If, at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. At that yeah. point, the game's over, and you're trying to save yourself with those. Mm -hmm. If if that like calling the timeout when there's ten men on the field saves us from the touchdown, then yeah, maybe that's a good timeout call. But they score a touchdown, so like, what's the point? Just let the play get run with ten guys on the field, save the timeout. Even and, then, it's just like it, it it has to change. You know, you can't keep doing it. Got to be better we've got to have some accountability from these coaches and it's i'm not going to blame good old uncle joe that defense played their hearts out held iowa to 13 points they gave up three points after the first quarter yeah yep. it was it was a they had a rough start and then they cleaned it up the rough start is also like kind of a thing for them this year they've kind of had rough first quarters well, all mean, year long that's like but that's a separate issue you know what i mean that's an issue where it's like hey can we maybe clean up 
the first quarter? Like, is it something in our game plan? You know, are we not looking at the right things on film? Are we maybe playing too much of a shell on the first few points of the game? I think or... they maybe are playing too conservative in that first quarter, and then they're and then they're adjusting very well. Yeah, they're they're one of the better defenses that we have in the Big Ten right now. Yeah, and I think but, and that, first, that first play in the first quarter, they blitz off the wrong side. They get caught in a run blitz, and you get hit with a screen. Like, that happens. But, you know, Mariano, sorry, Marin also has to cover the tight end. Like this. Yeah, that's that's true. Mariano made some mistakes. But, you know, you can't blame the defense too much on this. And really, you can't blame, like, Ethan. Or you definitely can't blame Mo. It's it really comes down to what the coaches are doing out there, and they're you, they're you not the game playing last year. games to win. Yeah, you lost the game last year because you were too scared to go out and win the game, and you lost the game this year because you were too scared to go out and win the game. Yep. It's ridiculous at this point. It's like I like co- football coaches. I I like they're very smart people. You know what I mean? Like you don't become a Division One college football coach for no reason. Like that just doesn't happen. But something happens to them when they get down on the field during games and they get in these situations. And I just don't under I don't understand. Like you spend your whole week preparing for these things and then you look like completely perplexed when they happen to you. And it's like, what 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 are you spending all week working on? Because there are times where you look unprepared in the beginning of the game on defense specifically. You look like, oh, they're look, they're throwing to their tight end. That's weird. It's like that's the one thing they do on offense. And then it's like, oh, they blitz him a little bit, and he looks shaky, but then they stop doing that. It's like, oh, well, now that they think we're going to blitz, now we shouldn't. It's like, no, just – it, it, just do what you do on offense. Find something that Freaking works and beat it into it. the freaking ground. Like, it's just, I don't, it's just really, really aggravating. And, like, I love Joe Rossi. I, it was a great game from him. I think I think the defense played very, very well and even kept them in this game when, realistically, it should have probably been over in the first half. Yeah. Iowa left a lot of points on the board early in this game. And the defense really, really kept them alive. And then I just, it's just like, you're so afraid of what? Like, what are you afraid of? You've gotten whipped by this team six times now, PJ. What do you have to lose? You know? And they don't respect you either. Like, they talk crap about you on the recruiting trail. They make fun of you and all your sayings. Like, have some goddamn self-respect at some point and come out with a little fucking fire against these guys. I'm tired of this. I'm sorry. It's just ridiculous at this point. Keep doing the same crap every year against this Iowa football team and thinking, oh, we can't beat ourselves because they're going to make us beat ourselves. Well, guess what? Now you're pressing. Now you're pressing. And when you press, nothing good happens, and you end up beating yourself anyway because you're too scared to make a mistake. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, outside of defense, um, special teams. <laughs> Again, Rob Wanger, <laughs> what exactly do you do here? I just. Did you uh, mind if I jump in on this one, Kusu? Please, please go. Ahead. go. Um, listen, I know that people are going to look at the tricket kick and be like, well, that, that play could have won us the game. I. I I hate that Matthew Trigger missed it. It sucks so bad. But I I'm not gonna get mad at, at Matty Trigger this at this point. He's missed two kicks all year. He goes out and he makes the next one he's asked to make. 
He he can do the job. He's fine. Obviously, that three points could have could have changed the scope of the game, but there were a lot of points left on the board. It, it, the special teams play that annoys me the most is Quentin Redding fielding the ball at the three on a punt rather than oh, just yeah. letting a, that was ready to bounce through the end zone, bounce into the end zone. He fields the ball at the three. 70 yards away from the punter, too. And, like, it's downwind, sure. But it's not – you can't let him punt the ball 70 yards. It's not Ray Guy. Calm down. Like, who fucking fields the ball at the three-yard line when it's and, bouncing and it's, so hard? And you have no blocking because you know you play punt safe. You know no matter where you are on the field that they just play punt safe. You know no one's blocking. And Quentin did have some decent returns. So, like, you know, cut him a little bit of slack. He's, also, he's gonna be like, fine. mentally, you got you can't make that fielding choice. And he was trying to be the hero in late in a game where, you know, we didn't need him to be the hero. We needed him to make the smart play. Because he didn't pressing. have the blocking to be a hero. Yeah. Pressing in a situation where where you need to make a play is when you make mistakes. It's just with special teams, it's just like, look at Iowa special teams. They were awesome. They're great. Their punter was flipping the field all day. Their kicker was nailing his kicks. They were kicking the ball into the end zone. They're pinning you deep with punts. Like, it was great. They, were, they, were at, they got a good return. They're adding value to their team. What does our special teams unit, like, do? Besides Trickett, who is good, and I'm not going to fault them. It sucks he yep. missed a kick. I agree, Wyatt. But, like, kids missed two kicks all year. They've been in both say, big spots. Like, Griffin went off on him, and that's that's not fair. Kid didn't lose us the game. It's it it's leaving points on the board lost us the game. And I think Griffin's you know, point is more of like why does it seem to always happen at the worst moment? Which I can I can that's, uh, empathize. That's Minnesota with. football for you. Yeah. Go, go fucking figure. Yeah. It's just with special teams. It's just like they don't like those those plays might as well like like it would be better. Almost if they just didn't even put anybody on the field during those special teams plays, because like it's their whole philosophy is we're avoiding catastrophic, you know, outcomes, but you still end up making them because you're trying to overcorrect so much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't make any explosive special teams plays. Like you keep saying, they're not adding any value. All they're doing is, you know, trying to avoid the catastrophic play and then walking ass backwards into it. How many times did we get pinned inside the ten? Uh, three or four. I was gonna say it's three or four. That's that's horrible. I think our average starting position was like the twenty-three, and Iowa's was like the thirty-two or something. Yeah, um, I was it was like a, it was almost a ten-yard differential. I was gonna talk about some of the stats here. Like the special team stats are very startling compared to what we put on the board. So like punting, uh, Tory Taylor, their punter, only had five punts this game. But was forty two point four yards average, and his long was fifty six. That was the punt I believe that pinned us on the three, yep. if I remember correctly. But then, like obviously, we know what Mar- who Mark Crawford is, the kind of punter he is. But it just hurts seeing that only he only had three punts, thirty nine point seven average. His longest that day was only at forty five. I think Ryan Burns. That's said Crawford. It best. Ryan yeah. Burns said it best about Mark Crawford. He said. 
When you need 39, you're going to get 39. When you need 45, you're going to get 39. Yeah. And then yeah, like, that's, their returners. That's Mark Crawford, and we know that. And then, yeah, looking at the returners here, so uh, Cooper, the Jean, uh, only had uh, two returns uh, fielded, uh, both for 24 yards, but one was 16 yards. That's still, that's still a good return. That's a really good return. Yeah, especially if they're getting the ball around the 20, 25, 30-yard line. It, and touch you getting that ball all the way to the 50 like that's that's a positive special teams play and then obviously they listed um jack campbell's interception stuff under the <laughs> punting stats and special team stats but jack Campbell, who who picked up who got the pick off of i think it was was it mike brown stevens when ethan threw that pick who was it um no i think, I it, was think it was lamecki my bad it was lamecki yeah that, which again that's a that's a that's a good play by a really good corner yeah. in Moss. That's and and of course, of course, it just hits Jack Campbell in the face. You know yeah, what I mean? In like, the hands, just, right there. Like, also, thirty yards. That's a touchdown, by the way. He oh, never yeah. stepped out. That's a never touchdown. Stepped out. I can't believe they called. And I had a couple. I had a group of Iowa fans sitting in front of me, and they were just they were so furious about it. I'm and I was sure like, they should be. Listen, guys, I don't think he stepped out either. And I would rather have the time, honestly. Yeah. 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 Give me two minutes to drive the field rather than the 40 seconds we got. Yeah. Give us two minutes. Cause you know, we're not throwing it. And so, you know, yeah. like I was like, Oh yeah. Oh, let's mention that the officiating. Well, Griffin said, yes, it was a very clean game overall. Like in terms of the officiating, that was a one very egregious call. Like, I know we're Minnesota fans. Awful. We hate Iowa, but like that should have been a touchdown. That is not out of bounds after a 30 yards. Like that's bullshit. Literally. You can see it How pretty well. Thanks for throwing the entire game. I think I saw one. I think I remember commenting to my buddy towards the end of the game. I was like, I don't think they've thrown one yet. It was like the third or fourth yeah, quarter. I said it to Keith too because I was sitting, I was there with Keith, and I was like, Have they thrown a flag the entire game? I think they just wanted None. to keep their hands in the pocket, zero, and not do their job. Yep, zero. And then to make that call on the interception, like, what's the point of doing that? Yeah, I'm sure the uh, I'm sure the uh, the overbetters were furious about that one. So, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I I we have from our seats we can see that like pretty clearly. We're like basically almost on the line, and like they I saw the like official wave his hands, and you know the the place is going nuts. The Iowa fans are going crazy. The Gopher fans are all pointing the official waving his hands, saying the ball's here. And I just look at my buddy next to me and I go, I don't think he stepped out. No, so, yeah, was, no, I I agree play by jack campbell he kept he kept his foot in balance this is stupid officiating that called it back um and then obviously moving from there uh and then you let him burn another minute and a half a clock after true. that which is just let him score golly yeah. yeah yeah uh drew stevens their kicker uh he scored in the first quarter and the fourth quarter uh at 38 and 21 yards respectively again good kicker make he, he's doing his job um and then the kickoffs and PATs uh, were all pretty solid as well. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, just really quick, like, kudos, kudos to Iowa. Like, they beat us. You know what I mean? Like, this was, like, yeah, we lost this game, but like, they took advantage of every. You you saw a team take advantage of every single opportunity presented to them, right? They get down the field early in the game on the big tight end screen. Sure, they don't come away with a touchdown. They nail the field goal. You know what I mean? They get points off of their turnovers, right? We don't get points off of our turnovers. We get, I think, one. we get like a field goal off of one of the turnovers, maybe, I think. 
towards the end of the game, because the second half you have three red zone drives where you only put up three points, and I think the one that you put up three points on comes on a turnover, but I could be wrong. Um, either way, you saw a team execute. You saw a team go out and manufacture explosive plays, even though they have an anemic offense, they're willing to try and push the ball downfield against a pretty good gopher secondary. They said, fine, we're still going to try because we know we have to do it. They're 9.2 yards per attempt at Iowa. Like, they they went for it. And I think you saw that and got, and that's why it was extra frustrating is because you saw a team much like the Gophers who play good defense and have an anemic offense, but you saw one team try and push the ball down the field, try and be an explosive offense, at least, you know, you know, hammering away at it and saying, you know, all we need is one or two of these. All we need is one or two of these to hit. We'll get points and you're not scoring on us, you know? And they did that. They executed exactly what they wanted to yep. do. And they got PJ to play ex- directly into their hands too. And it's just good job guys. Yeah. Like, like Brian Ferentz's offense actually looked good on that Saturday. Like, well, it, it didn't, I, I, it didn't, I, I didn't go that far. Good. Yeah, oh, not, oh, yeah, but you get what I mean. Like we actually, like we actually made Brian Ferentz look good compared to what he looked like the entire season. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's, I feel like we could keep going about this Iowa game, but I think in the end, the way how this coaching staff is going at it, I don't blame the players. Like, Here's another thing that I hate about PJ. When, when uh, part of his PJ speak as well, uh, average teams coaches lead. Uh, what, what was the, what was the thing like? No, uh, it was average team uh, coaches lead. Elite teams, great play, team. Players elite lead. teams, players lead. And I'm like, if you trust your players that much, like I swear, in all the press, he loves his team. Let them do it. Like especially, I'll, I'll go back to Nebraska on that stupid timeout that he took. What is when they call it back to be a fourth and one? It's not a first down. Remember, Sue, we talked about this. You yeah. have Mo, you have John the Michael Schmidt. talked about it. They yeah. talked about it nationally. Like, they're He's like, on TV hey, like, we want to go for it. Let's go. Like, we got this. You like run, you either you run up the gut behind John Michael Schmitz and have Mo push Ethan in, or you have Mo run right behind the center. Like, yep, this team can do his job. Yeah. Same on defense. Like I know we we bitch about Mariano, like how he, like he should have done his job in some parts of the games, but like he is the glue that tells the team what to do, like on yeah. the defensive side of the ball. And I trust them to do what the hell they're they're going to do. But yeah. I swear these the timeouts and like not trusting our guys. Like I think, like you said, PJ, change your best. Trust your guys. Like right now, we have one more game left in the season, and then after that regular season game, we we're in, we're, we're bowl season now. We have one bowl game. Yeah. And I don't care. We have like weeks of preparation and just beat the shit out of our opponent in the bowl game, which, which we tend to do sometimes. But like, this this needs, to be, needs to be needs to be better. When you're man. drawing these six and six, seven and five bowl games, and you're getting teams like you know Central Michigan, Georgia Tech, you can beat those teams pretty handily. But you know, get into a better well, the Auburn one. I'll give PJ props on. That's a that's a team that we knew was going to be a challenge, and we stepped up to the plate and we won that bowl game. And I will note the players on that roster. Remember that was a also a player led team that season. Carter there are like Hoffman. five five NFL dudes on yeah, that. Five six Winfield NFL dudes Jr. on that roster. Um, Winston, I know I'm, I'm trying to remember all the names. It's been a long time. So Car Coughlin, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, Anton Winfield Jr., uh, Kamal Martin. Um, 
Winston the Lalabadir, uh, and an elite Cashman. offensive line. No, Blake Cashman was gone by then. Cashman was gone by then. He was gone in 18. Um, but that was an amazing team, a player-led team that PJ always talks about. And they threw the ball a lot. Yeah. And, like, that, I, I, this is the team that – that's why I was so excited at the start of the season, like when, especially when we beat the shit out of Michigan State. Our players know what they want. They know how to win games. They know how to make things uh, like the in the best position possible to win the games. But I feel like PJ was the one that shot us in the foot after Michigan State, I feel like. <laughs> and, yes, during the season, I we, like, we did compl- like bitch about, like, okay, Tanner wasn't seeing the field. Uh, special teams maybe not so great. Um, defense, okay, that was on you, right? But overall, I trust our players. Like this is like we, this is a good team on paper, but we're but we're showing like what where we should be is probably in the Big Ten championship conversation. But we are now looking at a seven and five season, likely sure. or maybe eight and four, but they but a lot of disappointments because remember I think Joe Clatt. Like I was surprised yep. Joe Clatt was favoring the Gophers to win the West, and then the shit show happens, and now it's between Purdue and Iowa. Like I mean, at the time up through the Michigan State game, they looked unstoppable. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they looked amazing, and I think, I think you just saw that people s- turned on the 2019 tape and said, "You don't have a first round pick playing receiver anymore. We're just not going to let you do any of this," and they just refuse to adapt. Right, and I think we're we're kind of on coaching talk right now. So I kind of wanna I want to read you guys some stats from Luke Buer, so the other host to go for Gridiron Radio with Ryan Burns. He's a big analytics and stats guy. He does a really good job, and this is just about PJ. And for the record, I want to start off by saying I'm still Team PJ. Uh, my last article ever for Gopher Hole was why the Minnesota Gophers should hire PJ Fleck two weeks before he got hired. Just want to throw that one out there. So I'm I'm full team PJ. Okay, nobody can say I'm not team PJ. I, I fully am, but I think the shine has worn off, right? Like I think I think that new car smell is gone, right? Like it's it's people are starting in. People want it's it's time for results basically. So here here are some fun stats from from Luke Buer. So PJ starts his career at Minnesota five and thirteen in Big Ten play after his first two years. Since then, he is 20 and 13. That is a 61% win percentage. That is not even close to anyone else. He is far and away more successful in the Big Ten than any coach we've seen recently, right? Specifically to Iowa, it's his biggest biggest roadblock for him is Iowa. He's 0-6, right? And that's... Well, it's just like Jim Harbaugh has... Obviously, a much better team than Ohio State is his Achilles heel. PJ cannot sneak past Iowa, and he hasn't he hasn't found a way yet. Maybe next season. Who knows? Yep. So I mean, I think we all have to take a step back, and with all the frustration that we we all feel, and understand that the floor of this program has been raised significantly to where it was just six years ago before he got here and that deserves a little bit of credit and respect and i give him those things but i think next year is a big one and i think everybody knows it and i think how you finish out this year matters because if you take the axe back from wisconsin and you or you keep it at home i guess and then you win your bowl game 
that's that that goes down a lot better than the alternative. So we can talk some Wisconsin now. I just want to say, I think PJ's raised the floor of the program a lot, and we can still be very critical of him and his decision making and the way he goes about, you know, running a football game while recognizing that this team is in a much better spot program wise than it was. And I I have to Absolutely. agree, and Wyatt too, right? You agree? Yeah. No, I absolutely. I mean, I think back. I don't even think back at Jerry Kill because Jerry Kill's program wasn't like terrible. It was. It was worse than PJ's. Wins but it wasn't. It was pretty bad. It was. It. But I look back at like I grew up in the the Tim Brewster era of Minnesota football. Oh, not Funky Brewster. <laughs> My, oh. Like where, where the floor of the team was two wins a season and the ceiling was probably two games above that at four wins a season. And PJ's just leagues better than that. Leagues better than that. Yeah. I mean, so like, PJ, he, hmm. some of his issue, I think is that he is so convicted in what he believes, which is like a good thing most of the time, but that his unwillingness to change, I think, something needs to happen, right? And I think the perfect moment is me looking at my buddy as a game after the first half and going, pretty weird game plan for a four-star quarterback that you are really high on publicly. And it's just like, when when is when are your words going to match up with what you do on the field? That's That's the thing. You said it best early in the show is he keeps saying, he keeps spewing this mantra of change your best, change your best. And it's about time that he delivers on it because a lot of these players have changed their best and it's, it's time for PJ to show that he can do it too. I agree. On to the X game. Yep. So gentlemen, uh, last game of the season of the regular season, week 13, uh, during the Thanksgiving holiday, uh, I don't plan. I don't think all of us are planning to be the game, right? Like I have family stuff here for Thanksgiving. What about you guys before we, time into the game yeah i will not be in madison i believe there's a tenor sax trip out to madison but i don't i will not be there you won't ever catch me in that rundown concrete piece of garbage stadium that they think is so cool <laughs> cool cool all right so again last regular game uh regular season game of the season um it's gonna be airing on espn on the 26th at a 2 30 p.m kickoff um, uh, a seven and four Golden Gophers team is coming into a six and five Badger team. Um, some uh, notes here. Uh, the here's the betting stuff. Uh, spread Gophers a plus three and a half. Over under is thirty four and a half. Uh, e- uh, ESPN's FPI. Even though uh, we bitch about their FPI, um, I've, I'm still going to read it. Uh, Fairman, Wisconsin, 53-54% to the Gophers, um, uh, 46%. Uh, in terms of their last five games so far, uh, they re- they won against Nebraska last week, winning 15-14. to 14. Okay, if I'm being honest, but I watched that game. Nebraska fucking blew it. <laughs> um, outside of that, oh, they lost to Wisconsin 24-10. They beat Maryland. They beat Purdue. And they lost to Michigan State in OT, and uh, and that's with obviously Graham Mertz at quarterback, uh, Braylon Allen their star running back, 
and um, I I know his last. I can't remember his first name. DK, their is their top receiver at thirty nine receptions at six hundred and one yards. Um, from there, that is it from what I can read out about this game against the Badgers. But it's Axe game. Um, we're hoping to keep the Axe at home. Uh, hopefully for consecutive seasons. As I say that, um, that'd be pretty cool. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts and, or notes on this game coming up? Insert uh, Grand Theft Auto GIF. Ah, shit! Here we go again. Right? <laughs> like, yep. like uh, it, it. The problem is, is that like when this team executes, they are very good. When this team executes within the passing game and the running game and they remain balanced they're very tough to beat right a lot of people will say oh well they still haven't really been balanced even in the games where they win ah but i would disagree and say well they are balanced up until the point where they have that two score lead and then they just sit on the football which is why the numbers look the way they do but you really are gonna have to show something else you just are and i feel like we've been saying this now for like a month but, like, you have to have a better plan for passing the ball. You will not beat Wisconsin the same way you hung around Iowa. You just – you won't. You just saw it fall apart for you in, like, the best-case scenario you could possibly have. So what, what do you have for me that's different this week on offense? On defense, more – let's see more of the same. And let's get some ball production, right? Like Terrell Smith has one, hit him in the chest in the low red zone. That would have been a monumental turnover after the, uh, I think it was right after the fumble. It was like two plays after Mohamed Ibrahim's fumble. And like the the defense, you guys got to come out hot. Like no more of this first quarter, what's happening, let's figure it out. We know who Wisconsin is. And to Joe Rossi's credit, he's been pretty dang good against Wisconsin his entire tenure here. Like, he, he has he, he, figured him out. He has Wisconsin's phone number. Like, like I have your number. Yeah. I, I, Joe I has you. their number. <laughs> he does. So just more of the same from him. Make Mertz give you the ball because he'll do it. Right. And then, again, just know you can't give up the big plays because – because, you know, Iowa's running back's not fast enough to house that one that he breaks off for 40 or whatever. Braylon Allen is, okay? You let Braylon Allen get in the secondary if Tyler Newman or Jordan Howden misses, good luck. See you later. So none of that. It make make Mertz beat you. Just please, please make Mertz beat you. Yeah, and we've seen Mertz from his uh, time as a starter in Wisconsin. He has not been good. Like, plain yeah. and simple. <laughs> And, Can I just comment on that really quick? Uh, an open letter to LaRons. What the fuck were you talking about, my guy? <laughs> singing Graham Mertz praises. He was so – he was shaking in his boots about Graham Mertz. And Graham Mertz has just not been good. I believe it's called emotional hedging. Uh, Graham Mertz is not good. But if we don't go out there and show something new like Soup says, Graham Mertz is good enough to beat us. He can hand the ball to Braylon Allen 30 times a game. I know. You know who's not he's, as good as Graham Mertz? Spencer Petras. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> I was going to say, Spencer Petras is probably And he just threw one for of like the... 250 on us, so. 
Yeah. Yep. It's painful. Yep. I think you gotta just you gotta dial up more pressure. It's it's pretty simple. Like teams that get to the quarterback make make plays on defense. That's it. It's not hard. It's not hard philosophically, but I think the problem that they're realizing is that personnel-wise, you're really only getting pressure from Jaw Joiner, who Iowa basically their plan was our tackle is diving in his knees every play. That's what they did to him. I, and I saw that and I was like that's so it's annoying. It's, it's nasty so annoying and annoying and I hate it. It's just cheap cheap blocking. Yeah, I mean, but they had a plan for him, right? And that and that just shows the respect that somebody like Ja is getting right now. And then you have Jalen Logan Redding. They were mixing it up on the defensive line last game, which was cool. They had they had young guys in there. They're trying to figure something out. But I'm still not seeing a lot of twists or stunts. Like, I'm not seeing any creative pressures up front. And the only pressures I am seeing that are even successful are ones where you take your defensive backs out of coverage. Which I, I think is tough because I think Rossi knows his strongest unit is his defensive backs. And he would love if he could blitz productively with his linebackers. But, you know, I hope Braylon Oliver is all right. I hope his injury is not serious. The kid's got some injury history. It's just really unfortunate to see a guy yeah. not be able to stay healthy with the kind of athleticism that he has. With all that being said, he had a free shot at Spencer Petras, who's about as mobile as I am, and missed him. Can't have it. And so I don't think Joe wants to take guys out of coverage to blitz because that's his strong unit. That's He wants Terrell Smith back there tracking the football when Merch throws a duck. You know what I mean? Yeah, same thing with so, Newbin or Wally same thing or with Newbin, Same thing with Howden. Yeah. And they're going to blitz those guys from time to time just to show you something different. But I think for the most part, when you start blitzing with your defensive backs too much, you really leave yourself susceptible to big plays. And right. and they don't want to do that. So and they're not getting pressure with their front seven. So our, it's I, a tough tough spot. Yeah, and I also mentioned like our linebacking core with especially with Cody Lindenberg getting more starting time, and it being and then of course Braylon Oliver, Mariano, Sorry Marin is on on that rotation on that on that side of the ball for them a linebacker. Like it's been pretty solid. And then of course Jaws getting his due uh, against these offenses. Like you know they're trying they're double the. Doubling him, bracketing him, so that he doesn't get to their quarterback. You know? I think at his knees. Yeah, and you know, our defense, like we we talked this and harped this on a lot. Like uh, this, all all of Joe Rossi's defenses for his tenure as defensive coordinator, like outside, like you know, take the like maybe the first year and a half of Ross Smith out the picture. But what Joe Rossi has done with this Minnesota defense has brought us to like oh yeah, top ten, top twenty level. Defense, defensive performance in the entire country, and one consistently, of the top units, and, and then one of the top units in the Big Ten. Like the consistency that Joe has gotten with the talent that he has, because I I don't think that um the talent, especially right now on the defensive line, is where it was last year. I think you're seeing um uh exactly how good a says he was last year too. Um because you're not getting any interior pressure with your front four. And I think it really speaks to how good of a coach Joe Rossi is that he is able to still consistently churn out good defense when we're all sitting here saying they have problems and saying they have issues getting to the quarterback, which is a really big deal in today's age of football. 
but the fact that they're still consistently able to limit opponents is i mean it's 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 just really good but i do want to mention on the counter to that um wisconsin's defense um they were, were under the direction of uh, uh defensive coordinator jim leonard who is now the interim head coach uh, I do want to mention, uh, we, it feels like it's been forever ago, but Paul Chris did get fired earlier this yep. season. And Jim Leonard is pretty much, this is his audition to become either head coach for Wisconsin or elsewhere. Like, They're going to hire him. Yeah, assuming he wins. <laughs> no, they'll hire him. Oh, really? You think they'll so? They'll hire him either way. I just, um, I mean, I think I think that team is already looking a lot better than they were looking at the beginning of the season. I mean, true. they opened, they lost to Washington State, and then, you know, they get boat raced by Ohio State, which, you know, that's going to happen. They lose to Illinois by 24, and then they lose to Michigan State. Like, that's that's a stinker, I think, for you, Jim Leonard. But I don't – like, the Christ firing, as we talked about, was just – it was it was kind of weird. But, like, I think they've seen enough from Jim Leonard. And it's Wisconsin. They want to they wanna keep it in-house, and they want to keep their guys and stuff. So I think yep. I think he'll get it. But outside of that, um, their defensive unit, while they did lose a lot of guys, they actually stepped up. Like as the season went on, like there's still a, a unit that we should uh, be careful about. Like, don't sleep on it. Absolutely. But yeah. I will also want to mention there they do lose one of their upperclassmen linebackers. Um, I think I forgot his first name, but Herbig was uh was uh yeah. going to be out the first half against us because he got a targeting uh, got called for targeting in the second half of Nebraska. So while they yes they do lose a guy, I know some fans are like, okay, we don't have this guy for like one half, but still, it's a Wisconsin defense. We know what they do, and they're good at it. So it's a very important position. Yeah. So uh, besides that, um, I do agree with all you guys. Like uh, when we sip all the games for defense, be aggressive. Like send everything. Of course, don't like. Uh, I know we talk, just talked about like don't make like, Rossi don't send the corner or safety blitz right just so you can get pressure in but like not all the time not all the time I mean definitely send it occasionally yeah because like you're doing on the blitz is, is terrifying so yeah. yep and then obviously on the on the offense like I agree we need to be off a uh, 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 balanced like. What more can we bitch about? <laughs> like it's the same shit, same conversation every. Yeah, it's like we're time. not asking for much. We're we're to, we're asking for balance at this point. We're not even asking for like a pass heavy attack. Which like when we had Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson, people were like, "Why don't we just keep throwing the ball? Who cares?" You know. So, and I think now it's just like you have to sit in the film room after this week and watch the way Iowa played you in the second half and say, "Oh man, why didn't we throw the ball more?" Why didn't we try to, 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 to develop something in the pass game a little more? I think you need to have a little more tenacity with the passing game. I don't think, um, the, you know, there is, he did his media availability today, and he got asked if the philosophy of the passing game needs to change, right? And he said, no, I don't think it does. I think we have to execute better, which is what he's been saying for three weeks now. But I think he's I think he's right. I don't think the 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 scheme and the the passing game philosophy itself needs to change. I think the head coach's philosophy towards passing needs to change. I think that's the problem. I don't think we're looking at a schematic issue. I think we are looking at an issue with the head coach and his nature as a coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Other than that, anything else you want to bring up? before this game coming up or no 
take care of business. I mean, you're better than this Wisconsin team this year. You just, you are. Mm-hmm. You have the better football team right now. This is the first year that we've been able to say that. Yep. This is the first year where we've been going into the Wisconsin game and we like, we know we have better talent on this roster than they do. And yeah. that's maybe the first time in my life that that's been true. Correct. Um, but actually, I do want to mention one last tidbit here. Um, Wyatt, you alluded this way earlier, but we got lost in the rant, sea of rants. Um, but uh, we do we know any info that is Tanner done done in his career as quarterback for the Gophers, or do we see him potentially coming for this game? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I have no. It matters. Yet. I really don't. I don't know if it matters in this Wisconsin game in particular. I think Tanner. I don't think Tanner necessarily um, is like a like. I think last game with Iowa, I think Ethan gives you a lot more just because he's a better athlete, bigger arm. You know mm-hmm. the stuff we talked about last week. Uh, with the, this Wisconsin game, I think like the way Wisconsin plays defense, that you know uh, you could take either or. Um, I don't know what Tanner what's going on with Tanner right now I haven't heard anything so I couldn't really tell you but um I feel like it'd be really hard to put him in with just a week of prep for Wisconsin but yeah no yeah I was just curious what you guys thought because um like you guys mentioned we we, our best chance right now is with Ethan he's been in that starting lineup for a few weeks now and with the short turn especially with the Thanksgiving stuff this week uh, we're anticipating pretty much like some practices and they have like that day off or something or their own Thanksgiving stuff. So, um, but I agree. I, I, I anticipate Ethan to go out there and, you know, <laughs> come on guys, be balanced. That's all we ask from open podcasts. <laughs> That's our open letter. Go to go for offense, be balanced. But um, outside of that, let's go into predictions then. Um, like I mentioned, uh, Gophers a plus three and a half, uh, over under at being thirty four and a half. So I'll start off, and then we'll go uh, Soup, and then Wyatt. Uh, I'm going. Man, say- I almost knocked it out of the park last week. I though. know I was really close. I know you did. It was also close. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I know that I wasn't that far off. Uh, you said we lose ten to sixteen. Soup said thirteen to seventeen. Yeah. No, those are good ballparks. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty good. But this week, um, so I'm close. I said dub in the preseason, and I'm gonna stick by it. Um, I want to rub into my sister's face, uh, because we're both. I'm a I'm a Gopher. She's a Badger. So sister, uh, uh, sibling rivalry plus school rivalry. I'll take it. So I'm gonna say the Gophers take the dub, twenty-one to seventeen. Hmm. Give me I, – I'm going with the Gophers. I want the X. Um, I'm, I'm going with the narrative of let's see some juice heading into the bowl game slash offseason with a young quarterback. Um, like, let's just cut them loose and see what happens. So I'm going to go mm, 24-14. I think the defense has a good day. All right, Wyatt? What did I say in the preseason? L. Mm, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll stick with it. I don't like sticking with it because I would like to see the axe. 
Um, but I just I, I want the Gophers to go out and prove to me that they can win it before I'm going to you know give it to them. Yeah, someone uh, has to save us from jinxing them too. Yeah. So we'll we'll call it a uh, 23-17 Wisconsin. Oh, I like that. That's gross. It's a gross score, and I I just I think it's going to be a gross game no matter what. Ooh. I just hope it's a gross game that the Gophers are a little less gross than Wisconsin. Is. Do you think there's a safety in that? <laughs> no. I think that there's three field goals on the Wisconsin side. Nice. All right. We'll take that. All right, all right. Which is just really gross anytime <laughs> there's a third field goal. And it's still the under, too, which is even better. It's like it's like a lot of points, but not enough for the over. <laughs> yeah. Literally. It's unbelievable that the that the under or that the over under is so low and we're all still sitting there like, yeah, this is an under. <laughs> but you know, we showed it at Iowa last week. This is why the under or the over under is so low when we are on the field. Two teams that are not explosive on offense. What could possibly happen? <laughs> uh, Vegas knows. But cool, cool. Well, um, that is it for previewing the Wisconsin game, ladies and gentlemen, and any of those that are listening or non-binary. Um, so going on from there. Um, you guys have any topics to discuss? Either be in the college football or NFL world or any other sports. Oh we gosh, do we have that? do we have new CFP rankings yet? No, um, it's too early. I, it's I too will early. note. Uh, I will note the Tennessee game. Um, yeah, I had a friend at that game. Uh, one, obviously, Tennessee got smoked uh, with South Carolina scoring almost the uh, the over under by themselves. Uh, and two uh, Heisman candidate Herndon Hooker out for the that rest sucks. of the season. Yeah. Yikes! That's that's heartbreaking for a guy who was playing awful out of his mind football. Yeah. And you know it it it's really devastating for him. But you hope he's better by you know draft day or at least by start of the season NFL season because you think you you have to think that he might hear his name called somewhere in the Oh, yeah. He will. And that I, kid is so talented. He is. And I do want to mention, this past weekend was, like, a scare weekend for, like, the top teams in the rankings because Michigan ekes out against Illinois 19-17. to That um, was a tight one, too. Yeah. I was watching that while I was at Sturb. Iowa State for- played a relatively bad game as well. Yeah. Like it at the end of the day, it doesn't look so much like it because the final score doesn't isn't that close. But they were not, you know, Man, open I think, up on Maryland until late. I think Maryland's, uh, I think Maryland's better than a lot of people give them credit for. I think yeah. Talia's, that's, that's, Talia's that's got some gas. True. That's definitely mm-hmm. true. But I think it's a very I, different team when they have Talia out there at, at quarterback for sure. But I do want to mention. You guys watched that TCU Bailey game? Like, holy fuck, that game! Yeah, that was ended. It's another one that just you know you don't know where these teams are coming from. Yeah, and then UCLA squeaks out ahead of UCLA, forty-eight to forty-five. Yeah. Um, Oregon now they're getting up. Now they're getting some playoff. They're getting some playoff hype now too. 
Uh, what else here? Georgia Tech beats North Carolina 21 to 17. Um, let's see. I know it's uh, like UCF is ranked 20, but Navy goes out there and beats U- UCF 17 to 14. I mean, that's that's wild. Yeah, like, I'll take that. I think that's losing to a service academy is not what you want to be doing. That's a team that's looking to, you know, be the top ranked uh, power or group of five team. Yeah, yeah, that's not. But yeah, it was. I don't know. The oh, first... Oklahoma State going down to Oklahoma. Oh yeah, that happened. Man, that like, there was so many good games to watch, man. And then um, on the Big Ten side, though, like if I let me change from the top twenty-five to the Big Ten, like, um. In the in the first segment of games in the morning, like Northwestern kept Purdue super close as well, um, and I think they had a I'm not I didn't I don't know who the hell was their quarterback because like I think Sullivan's still out. Uh, Cole Freeman stepped in at quarterback, pretty much like a running quarterback. He doesn't really throw, <laughs> honestly. So like Purdue survives that. Obviously, Illinois loses close to Michigan. Ohio State almost loses to Maryland. Um, let's see, where is the other one? Indiana and Michigan State was close at the end, too. Like, that was a fun game to watch. And, of course, our game with Iowa was so close. Like, Cole Freeman looks like Zach Wilson. <laughs> I just pulled up his picture because I was like, who? Because that's not one of the guys they played against us, is it? No, I don't think he played at all against us, I think. No, he did. At the end of the he game. He was one for three for seven yards at the oh, end that, of the game. Yeah. But, but he looks just like Zach Wilson. That's so funny. And, and Zach Wilson getting chewed out on Twitter and everything. He's, he's playing just as effectively as Zach Wilson, too. Oh, man. If you guys <laughs> want to talk about fun football games, the Bears-Jets game this weekend, we might have the uh, like Mike White-Trevor Simeon game that we've all been waiting for. Flex <laughs> that baby to prime time. Get that at, at 8 p.m., please. Hey, sell that one to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, honestly, like, both teams should get a tie, and they just shouldn't play that game. I know, right? <laughs> and then um, I was laughing so hard when I saw CBS the stop showing the Cowboys Vikings game. I was like, "You go, CBS." <laughs> was the right call? It, You're like, yeah, was. we're done here. <laughs> yep. Rip Jim Nance and uh, Tony Romo because like, there's not you not guys can, can do. go hit Cowboy Jacks early. See ya. <laughs> Yep. Um, and then like, yeah, that's uh, right now Monday Night Football. Let's see, Cardinals has the ball at the Arizona forty-two yard line, eleven minutes and twenty-five seconds in the first. Hey, uh, did uh, Kyler Murray actually make it onto the field? No, it's double XP weekend, <laughs> dude. Colt McCoy's out on there offense Warzone two just came out man oh that shoulder Ooh. (laughs) all right all right well um other than that uh gentlemen should we end it here tonight sure i think i'm okay calling here i'm still sad (laughs) yeah that's that's fair soup yeah Nothing's going for either of our favorite teams, either be on the pros or NFL, uh, in, in the NFL in college. <laughs> you guys are what eight and two? Relax. I know. Relax. We're picking third in the draft over here. We're we're we're, <laughs> we're eight and two, same. and our quarterback 
cannot play outside of the noon time slot. <laughs> <laughs> or the pocket. Or, that. or the pocket. Yeah. That's very true. Very, very true. <clears throat> yeah, but... and mine's got a bum shoulder now, and I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, that that's sucks. really tragic. That sucks. Yeah. Just, just you know, we, we play, like, I think the Jets, Green Bay, and then we have, like, a bye week and play, like, Philadelphia in Buffalo. I'm like, hmm. Maybe maybe we should just be maybe we should just be done. <laughs> like all it off after the Jets game this week. Yeah. Yeah. You know, two point they they went two point seven seven inches per play in the second half against the Patriots. Hey, but you know, it's just it's a good thing that, you know, there was no other quarterbacks on the board when the Jets drafted Zach Wilson, because you know, that would that'd be very that'd be very shameful if there was. <laughs> But yeah, uh, we'll end it here. As everyone's aware, we're three of us are still pretty sad and frustrated. Um, TLDR. Understandably so. Yeah, but we'll end it here tonight. Uh, first of all, have a very great Thanksgiving. Uh, spend some time with your friends and family. Have a great time this upcoming week and weekend. Um, stay safe with the holiday travels. Soup. Have a safe road trip back to Chicago. Thanks. Um, coming up. Uh, and if you don't uh, celebrate Thanksgiving and just listen to us for our banter and uh, and antics, well, uh, we wish you a great week then on that front. But we'll be back uh, next week to recap the Wisconsin game, and then um, and then from there we just make uh, for, uh, probably just a recap and maybe some bowl predictions at where we're going for the bowl game. But the bowl game stuff won't come on until after championship weekend. Uh, uh, obviously so we'll recap the game and then maybe we'll come up again with the po uh, podcast uh, to review the bowl game and that'll be it so about two more episodes left in the season for sure um, but first of all thank you so much for listening and watching uh, open podcast today and we wish you guys a great Thanksgiving holiday but uh, I'm one of your hosts Jason O along with sad soup uh, sad Wyatt and we'll see you doesn't guys have the same ring <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time and oh oh